Oh, I've been really nervous about streaming online today because you know that they say that the camera adds 10 pounds. So, I mean, we, we got a couple different cameras going on this morning, so I've been nervous about that. And I was also nervous about streaming because, you know, I knew a bunch of people would stay home and I guess, guess what? That's exactly what happened. We're here in a sanctuary with very few people. But I'm praising God for the opportunity to gather together. We encourage you there on YouTube. You can chat in the comments section and, and encourage you not to necessarily be too distracting to one another as we go through this. But uh, we'd also love for you, for those who have the opportunity to, um, you know, if you can take a picture of what your home church looks like this morning, what you're, what you're doing this morning as you gather together as the body of Christ, I'd encourage you to Go ahead and take a picture of that and post that on Facebook if possible. And before we go any further, I just want you to take a moment and close your eyes right where you're at in your homes. Maybe you're out in your car or wherever you might be this morning. I'd encourage you just to close your eyes and, and take a moment and imagine. Imagine who normally sits around you on a Sunday morning. Imagine their faces. Picture them sitting next to you. Think about when you normally would shake their hand or give them a hug. I would encourage you, following our service this morning, I would, I'd like for you to reach out, and if you can, take the time to make a, a call. Call them and encourage them this morning. Give them a call of encouragement that we continue to be the body of Christ that God has called us to be. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, as we join together in your presence, where two or more gathered, there you are as well. And so, Father, this morning, what a privilege it is, what a humbling experience it is to honor you in a different way this morning as we gather online in order that you would still be our focus, our attention, that you would receive the honor and glory and praise. It's the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. It was also difficult for me to decide exactly what message I would share with you this morning. And there's a lot of messages out there right now that are discussing the idea of not giving in to fear and, and holding firm to your faith. And I praise God for that. And I would encourage you, man, the, the resources are vast online to hear message after message concerning that. And my hope this morning is to create a little bit of normality with our congregation. We've been going through a series called Here, There from First Peter. And we're just a couple weeks away from ending that series as we look forward to a new series beginning Easter morning. And so this morning we're in First Peter. First Peter chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. And as I prepared this message a week or so ago, it's entitled, A Charge for the Elders. A Charge for the Elders. And I want to begin reading from the NIV in chapter 5, verse 1, where we read, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those 
entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Now this church has been blessed over the years with godly men to shepherd the flock, and we currently have seven of the finest elders a church could ask for. Having good leadership is critical for the survival as Christians and our safety as a church. The elders are the first line of defense in the congregation, and they are the ones that are to shepherd us and to oversee the church. God has entrusted them to you and to me. And that's why God is so demanding when it comes to elder qualifications. Elders are to be good fathers and and husbands. They're to be men who know what the Bible says and have the backbone to stand up for good doctrine. They're to be men who are so dedicated to Christ in their daily lives that even the world knows they take their faith seriously and live for Jesus in all that they do. I read a story uh, this past week or of a, of a man who was on a flight in California. He, it had been delayed, and, and it was, the layover was taking place in Sacramento, and the flight attendant mentioned to everybody on the plane that there was going to be a 45-minute delay, and if they wanted to get off the aircraft, they, they would reboard in about 30 minutes. So most everybody got off the plane except for one gentleman who was blind, and his seen eye dog lay quietly underneath the seats in front of him the entire flight. He had apparently flown this flight before because the pilot approached him and calling him by name said, Keith, we're in Sacramento for almost an hour. Would you like to get off and stretch your legs? Keith replied, no thanks, uh, but maybe my dog would like to stretch his legs. So the pilot got off the plane to walk the blind man's seeing eye dog now picture this all the people in the gate are stopped where they are all eyes are focused on this pilot as he walked off the plane with the seeing eye dog while wearing sunglasses when the people saw this pilot with that dog they they scattered they not only tried to change planes but they were trying to change airlines and now why did they react that way Why did they all become scared and and run away? Well, because they thought their pilot was blind and they had no desire to trust their lives to a man who couldn't see to fly their plane. Elders are called to lead the congregation. And as Jesus noted, you don't want the blind leading the blind. Otherwise, you all could fall into a pit together. Men who don't know how to love their wives and raise their kids, men who don't know their Bible and don't have the backbone to stand up for Christ, and men who don't live out their faith with passion are blind men. They have no business flying God's plane filled with God's people. Now this body of believers has great elders. Brian Wing, Paul Marvel, Justin Lewis, Todd Erickson, Bruce Peterson, Ray Gronwald, and Larry Berlin. They are men who you can trust and look up to. They take their role as overseers and protectors and servants seriously. 
They aren't in this for pride or glory. They're in it to serve Jesus Christ, and you are blessed people because of that. The title of today's message from 1 Peter 5, 1-4 is a charge for the elders. And my prayer is that this is a message of encouragement to our elders, and my hope is, is that each one of us takes home the lessons Peter is trying to teach us all. Will you pray again with me this morning? Father, we're gathered in your presence. We acknowledge your greatness. You are the great I am. And as we read through 1 Peter chapter 5, 1-4, through 4, may you speak to our hearts. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. So what does Peter say concerning a good shepherd, a good elder, a good overseer or pastor? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, you can type these in the comment bar next to you to remind those around you that good shepherds have humility. In verse 1, we see, To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering. And you see Peter humbling himself to his fellow elders. No longer is he the loud foot-in-the-mouth show-off of the Gospels. But here, the apostle, formerly known as arrogant, is now a humble fellow elder. He calls himself here in the gr- Greek, sumpresbiterios, literally, fellow shepherd. He is putting himself on the same level as the pastors he is writing to. Back in 2017, uh, we were in Shadron, Nebraska at, a Shadron State, at the Shadron State College for a, a homeschool track meet. And my kids did a great job that day, uh, just doing their best in the different events. And we were getting ready to head home, and there were two girls there that were sixth graders at the time that we knew from camp. And these girls challenged me to a race. And I'm not one to back down. In fact, I I thought I'd just humor them a little bit. And these two girls were twins, sixth graders at the time. And and now you got to remember, you know, I was 37 at the time. I I hadn't stretched out. You know, I wasn't quite prepared for this race. Uh, I was wearing blue jeans. And and so, you know, we got ready for this 55-meter race in the indoor track in Shadron. And we take off running. And we're running, and, and these two girls are athletic. They're, they're, they're good. And so they're giving me a run for my money, but as we come around the home stretch, I got them beat. I'm pulling away. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to leave them in my dust. And, and that's where my pride kicked in a little bit. I started to think, oh, I'm just going to taunt them a little as we, we go to the end and, and go across the finish line. And so, of course, I lean forward like it's a really close race that they're nowhere even near me. And at that point, I lost my balance. And down I go onto the hard surface of the indoor track, scraping up my arm. And man, did that hurt. But more than the pain of my arm was my pride being hurt because... Right there at the end of the track was everybody from the day heading on their way out the doors, and everybody's seeing me hit the ground. And I couldn't help but think of Proverbs 16, 18, where it says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And a good leader never sees himself as above those he is leading. He is called to labor alongside them. A good shepherd has humility. 
A good shepherds look to the future. As you continue on here in verse 1 of chapter 5 of 1 Peter, it says, And one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Good shepherds look to the future, the glory to be revealed. A leader can be humble and authoritative and downright uninspiring. You have to communicate hope as well. William Willimon says it well. People are ripe for a voice that gives them something significant worth living and dying for. And I remember meeting the elders here at PV before I was hired on, and, and we met together, and during that meeting, the elders spent time asking me questions, and, and I had a few for them as well. And as the meeting went forward, there was something that stuck out to me about this group of men that I was meeting with. They were hopeful. They were excited about the future. They weren't just content with the status quo. They were and still are inspired by imagining more. The leadership of this congregation is holding firm to God's promise in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 that says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory to the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And it was that hopefulness for the future, both for the here on this earth and for the there in eternity, that encouraged us to want to be a part of what God is doing here at Paradise Valley Christian Church. Does that mean we are never, that we never get discouraged? Well, no. It means we never give in to despair. We need to remember the message of hope we are to embody. If we are moping about and we are in a position of leadership, then we need to take a second look at where we are leading people. Peter writes here to a group of discouraged, persecuted believers that are experiencing intense suffering. And yet, this letter is among the most encouraging in the New Testament. Peter, who was heading for martyr, martyrdom himself, back in verse 13 of chapter 4, says, But rejoice that you, are, that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Good leaders focus on the positives of what will be. Continuing on, good shepherds know that the sheep need them. That the sheep need them. It says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. The Associated Press article from July 2005 read like this. 450 sheep jump to their deaths in Turkey. First one sheep jumped to its death, then stunned Turkish shepherds who had left the herd to graze while they had breakfast, watched as nearly 1,500 others followed, each leaping off the same cliff. Turkish media reported, when it was all over, the local... Axum newspaper reported that 450 of the sheep perished in a billowy white pile. 
Those that jumped from the middle and the end of the herd were saved as the pile became higher and the fall more cushioned. The estimated loss to the families of Jeeves tops $100,000, an extremely significant amount of money in a country where the average person earns about $2,700 annually. There's nothing we can do. They're all wasted, said Nez, Nezat Behan, a member of one of the 26 families whose sheep were grazing together in the herd. Some labeled this event as a mass euicide. Sheep make terrible shepherds. Sheep make terrible shepherds. They, they need you to fulfill your role as shepherds, as elders of the flock. To everyone, not everyone, excuse me, is called to be a shepherd. Being a shepherd is a calling. This calling can be a lot of work, and it requires a responsibility to keep track of the sheep, to care about their well-being. One of the chief words for a shepherd is count. Shepherds count sheep. How did the good shepherd know that there were only 99 sheep in the fold? That He counted them, of course, and he cared enough to leave the 99 behind and find that one lost sheep and bring it back into the fold. We need more individuals with this shepherd gene. Church members that look into a crowd and see lost souls. Sunday school teachers that are concerned when someone has missed a couple classes. Team leaders that are aware when a family they are close to has fallen off the face of the earth. Elders that go after the one just as Jesus would. We need to realize that sheep need a shepherd. Fourth thing is you read down through here in verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over them, not lording it over those who entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Good shepherds have pure motives. They're, they're not half-hearted, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. A week or so ago, uh, my son Brady, who is now nine, uh, was looking for his snow boots. And, and the snow boots were being used for the next day as he would go to school and, and have those available. And, and he was, I don't know if he didn't want to wear the snow boots the next day or, or if he was more enticed by the new toys that he got for his birthday. But uh, he, he just didn't want to take much time to, to look for the snow boots. But I sent him over to the closet to look in there where we would keep outdoor apparel and of course it was nicely organized like any nine person household was or would organize it with it all thrown on the floor of the closet and so he opened the door looked in didn't see the snow boots shut the door came back to the living room and told me he couldn't find his snow boots you see Brady his heart really wasn't in it and so I had him go back and, and encouraged him to move a few things around that he might find his snow boots. And of course, right away, he was able to find the snow boots. But his heart 
once again, wasn't in looking for the snow boots. And I think a lot of times in ministry, if we're doing ministry because we feel like we have to, then you need to examine your motives. God wants you to want to. He goes on to say, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. And in an age of televangelists and such, which I happen to be one today, do I have to say much here? Uh, let me just state that we need to be more concerned about what we give than what we get out of ministry. Not power hungry. Not lording it over those entrusted to you. A young, somewhat cocky cowboy was riding his horse one day when he spied a hunched-over old farmhand on a mule. Deciding to have a little fun, the young boy, cowboy, drew his six-shooter and told the old man to get down off his mule. He then asked the old man if he had ever danced and began to empty his revolver at his feet with great laughter. Well, the old man slowly turned back to his mule, unamused, and put his hand into his pack and drew a shotgun and aimed it at the now bulletless young cowboy and said, Did you ever kiss a mule? To which the young cowboy said with fright, No, no but I, I have always wanted to. See, there's nothing like a bullet for motivation, but you are called to be a shepherd, not a drill sergeant, and to have sheep under your care, not under your boot. Find the right motive for ministry and know that good shepherds lead by example. As you continue down in chapter 5 of 1 Peter, we see there, again, verse 3, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. I've heard it said that it's a tradition in firefighting that the captain is always the first in and the last one out of any fire. As the old saying goes, you can't teach what you don't know and you can't lead where you won't go. And I learned a lot about leading by example as I watched both of my parents growing up. My dad has been and still is an elder at the church I grew up in. And I remember as a kid, every Wednesday night, the church basement would be transformed into, from classrooms into a fellowship hall and back into classrooms as we moved portable walls back and forth. And as we moved tables, my dad was always willing to be there to help move tables and chairs and walls to make all of that possible. And my dad also made sure that we were right there to watch how it was done and to help out as we got older. My mom spent and still spends many hours in the church kitchen helping prepare meals for Wednesday nights and fellowship dinners. And, and then they both were willing to teach class at different times. And I learned how to lead and how to serve by their example. May each and every one of us be able to say as Paul did to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow my example as I follow 
the example of Christ. And the last thing, good leaders, they have a shepherd. In these verses, verse 4, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Where does a leader look when he's scared? Well, we're going to have to admit this morning that there's been times where we've been scared. In fact, we're in a, a time right now that things can get scary. With so much uncertainty, with so much that's unknown, it's difficult. And when you are scared, where do you look? Look to the shepherd. It is he to whom you will ultimately be held accountable to, but he is also the source of your strength and your comfort. He is your power, your wisdom, your refuge. He is your shepherd. You shall not want. Our reward, well, it doesn't always come in this life, does it? Peter promises there will be a crown of glory that will not fade. And in his day, in the games of that time, the victor was given a crown of leaves for their victory, not something that would look all that impressive months later. The crown that we have to look forward to will never fade away. So shepherd, are you discouraged? Are you thinking of giving up? Can I encourage you a minute? The task may be tiresome, but you are needed here at Paradise Valley Christian Church. If this church is going to grow and advance for the kingdom of God, it's going to be through the godly advice, the godly guidance, the godly wisdom and vision of you who are serving as the elders of this congregation. As the praise team comes, Alan C. Emery in his book, A Turtle on the Fence Post, tells of a night he spent on the Texas plains with a shepherd who was keeping 2,000 sheep. The shepherd prepared a bonfire for cooking supper and providing warmth. The sheepdogs lay down near the fire as the stars filled the sky. Suddenly, Emery heard the unmistakable wail of a coyote with an answering call from the other side of the range. The dogs weren't patrolling at the moment, and the coyotes seemed to know it. Rising quickly, the shepherd tossed some logs on the fire, and in this light, Emery looked out at the sheep and saw thousands of little lights. Emery writes, I realized that these were reflections of the fire in the eyes of the sheep. In the midst of danger, the sheep were not looking out into the darkness, but were keeping their eyes set toward the shepherd. So elders, whose eyes are on you? Who are you leading? What kind of example are you? Now is the time not to shrink back. Now is the time to shepherd the flock of God. And as we sing a song that we would normally call a song of invitation, a song of commitment this morning, we want to still offer that to you this morning. Obviously, you're not going to come forward right here, right now. But maybe you need to reach out to someone. Maybe you are struggling desperately and you just need some prayer. 
As Justin mentioned this morning, our elders are ready and available to to pray with you, to, to help you where they can. Our church offices are still open throughout the, the course of the week. And if you need to talk with someone, if you have a decision to make for Jesus Christ that's just been spurred within you, that your heart's been cut, you've been cut to the heart to the point where you know that you need to surrender your life over to Jesus, don't let this virus keep you from that. Our baptistry is ready and full. We want you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. We'd encourage you to reach out, that we would continue to be the church God has called us to be. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we gather together in your name, if there are those here online that need to make a decision for you, if someone that needs prayer, Father, I pray that they would reach out, that they call the church office, that they would call one of the elders that they would call me or Larry on a weekly basis we are here to be available to the flock God we look to you as the great shepherd may you be glorified in what we say and do Father we thank you for our time this morning together as we sing this song May we look deep inside our hearts. Where are we putting our faith? God, may we depend on you this morning. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.